Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with Tanya Ali and Katie Winton. Good morning, you are listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics and trash from a feminist perspective. My name is Tanya Ali. And I'm Katie Winton. Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people as the original custodians of the land that we broadcast on and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge the significance of Red Zone as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for many communities and would like to honour that history. Earlier this week, Melbourne Three-Piece Camp Cope played the Sydney Opera House and I was lucky enough to chat to bassist Kelly Dawn Helmrich uh, before their sound check. So we're going to be hearing that interview on today's show, but here's a little sneak peek. We also love shouting at each other in a way where we don't take it personally. We just let it out. <laughs> Even, of course, we're not stopping for breadsticks. <laughs> and we like punching the roof of the van. It's just a healthy way to let out your anger. I'm pretty excited to hear the rest of that conversation a little bit later on. Our producer Mari got to catch Camp Cope live at the Opera House and she said it was really special and that everyone in the audience was crying. So uh, definitely stick around for that chat with Kelly and a bit about Camp Cope's latest album, How to Socialize and Make Friends. This morning we'll also be chatting to YMO, a Sydney-based arts and event collective who are celebrating their first birthday tonight at YMO Fest, kicking off at a secret location in Marrickville at 6pm. They've got a pretty great lineup of live music, art and performances including Board Shorts and Georgia Mulligan. More on that soon, uh, but right now let's take a listen to this new track from the internet. It's called Come Together. It's up there. Recently released album. Hive Mind.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio and it's time now for Thoughts That Count. We've spoken a lot on Agenda about uh, gender representation in the music industry and specifically about Camp Cope calling out Falls Fest at the start of this year during their set at the festival Spire and Bay Legs. So singer Georgia Mack uh, changed some of the lyrics in their song to the opener uh, to call out Falls and she said, it's another man telling us we can't fill up a tent, another festival booking only nine women. I'm just going to play a little bit of what she said. Such a good little grab there um, and such a great performance. I think the Instagram accounts, lineups without males and lineups without white, pretty accurately summarize Australia's problem with representation in the music industry. Looking at some of those festival posters that have been edited to exclude all of the cis male acts and people of colour is very sad. Yeah, actually, so Iceland Airwaves um, is an Icelandic music festival. uh, Just made headlines for being the first festival to book a 50% uh, gender-inclusive lineup in response to a global initiative called Key Change, uh, which encourages festivals and music conferences to pledge a 50-50 gender balance split by 20 It's such a bummer, to be honest, that this campaign has to even exist, but it's so necessary. Last year, only four out of 24 main stage acts at UK's Glastonbury were not male. Um, And interestingly, when interviewed by the New York Times, the co-organiser of Glasgow, as well as a key change ambassador, Emily Evis, said, Glastonbury is an entirely different thing to the festivals that have signed up to this target. I don't think any large-scale ones have, as it's impossible to make a pledge like this. (laughs) Such a disappointing statement. And, like, I don't know, I hate to break it to you, Emily, but uh, you're wrong. Imagine... Um, I don't know. Like, imagine how great it would be if Glastonbury implemented an in- initiative like 50-50 gender equality. It would be huge. I mean, it's one of the hugest festivals in the world, and I feel like it is doable. Um, these things are so cyclical and like interconnected. If Glastonbury feel like they don't have enough top bill worthy female mm. acts because there's such systematic discrimination within the music industry, then they could just book, you know, 75 or 80 percent of middle tier and emerging artists in their lineups, and then in a few years those artists would probably be headliners. Yeah, I think you should do the strategy for Glastonbury. <laughs> Glastonbury, um, I'm out here. Just email me. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to get poached from from this show. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I think these initiatives are also pretty tricky to talk about sometimes because they usually split into a very male-female binary and don't account for representation of gender-diverse acts or the language is usually quite exclusive as well. Yeah, for this Key Change initiative, I was really surprised to see that on their website they addressed this uh, saying, we will include all trans and non-binary performers in the 50% of women for each festival. This is a pledge based on inclusivity. It's important that we acknowledge and represent all genders, and our aim is to address the imbalance between those who are currently represented and those who are consistently underrepresented. Yeah, I think it's all about language, right, and inclusivity. I think about, I actually, yeah, I think about this so often um, and how we started this show as Women in the Arts and how I definitely would have changed that name if I'd been a little bit further on in my understanding of feminism. But I guess I'm kind of like Katy Perry in that I'm learning very publicly. <laughs> uh, you'll never guess this, Katy. 
But um, our friend Katy Perry is actually in the country at the moment and is coming Huge. to play the Kudos Bank Arena in a couple of weeks. And yours truly is going. We've got great seats, going with my auntie. Um, so that is truly amazing, I'm Tanya. I'm really glad that you brought her up. <laughs> but um, also very embarrassed. <laughs> Um, so we're going to play some Katy Perry now and I'd just like to add a caveat that our producer Mari is shaking her head in very extreme dismay um, and that we're going a little bit rogue with this track and it's not part of the Music New South Wales music programming on the show. This is Katy's favourite Katy Perry song, so California good. Girls on FBI Radio. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. We just got a text from Tim in Darlinghurst uh, when we played Katy Perry up the top. It The text says, why though? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Tim's only other text, it's worth noting, was in 2016. So I'm really happy with Tim's engagement. Yeah, <laughs> Thank I'm so you. excited. Uh, nice to have you back on board, Tim. I'm sorry that Katy Perry didn't quite hit the mark, but why not is what we say today. <laughs> um, we're just about to take a listen now to Tanya's interview with Camp Cope's bassist Kelly Dawn Helmrich uh, just before their performance at the Sydney Opera House on Wednesday earlier this week. Kelly, first of all, thank you so much for taking time right before your show tonight for a chat. Oh, good. Thanks for talking to me. Um, you've had a pretty intense touring schedule for the past, not just like months, but couple of years now. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and your music and media presence also deals with a lot of things that can be pretty heavy and I imagine quite draining. Um, yes. I'd love to know if you have any self-care tips for being on tour. Self-care to something. I mean, we're all pretty, like, aware that it's kind of an industry that burns you out. So we are pretty on to eating, really. This is really nerdy. Like, it's honestly, like, I wish I had a magic trick. But uh, it's it's making sure we eat properly. Like, we we don't eat a lot of, like, fast food. We um, get heaps of rest. We're not a party band as well. We love a good eight hours. Um, we even, like, hit the gym a lot on our days off. Like, there's just lots of taking time and, like, to, yeah, enjoy a proper meal. Um, like, taking time out by yourself to do something. Just things like that, which it sounds so boring. <laughs> nah, that's so good. I feel like that's great advice, not just for being on tour, but, like, life advice. Any <laughs> job. Like, yeah, there's honestly, like... Um, on a more funnier note, we also love shouting at each other in a way where we don't take it personally. We just let it out. <laughs> Even, of course, we're not stopping for breadsticks. <laughs> and we like punching the roof of the van. It's that's a healthy way to let out your anger. Oh my god! Knowing, totally. <laughs> knowing not to take it personally if we all just because if you're all just yelling. <laughs> yeah, you just need events sometimes. We love a good yell. <laughs> Uh, your song, The Opener, uh, mm-hmm. which you've talked about so much, um, includes quotes from men who've given the band some very unsolicited advice. Yeah. Um, the the song has really resonated with women in music who have had similar experiences, and I'd love to know if there's been a reaction at all from the people that the song is actually about. Oh, <laughs> um, no. I don't believe that. There's definitely been whispers <laughs> like uh I've heard secondhand from someone you know they'd go is this about this because this person asked me whether this and that you know it's like the trail of, <laughs> of uh, whispers and rumors but no <laughs> we haven't damn <laughs> I know I wish I had some more juicy like <laughs> I think maybe they know better than just like uh, maybe take it in their stride and, and think about it and, instead of coming up to us. <laughs> That's know. true. Yeah, hopefully they're just kind of recognising and, like, personally owning up to that behaviour and then trying not to do it again. Yeah, and I mean, like, these are the people that said those things, we uh, don't do business with them anymore. Mm. 
will be like, oh, we won't work with them again because they made us feel this way or they made this remark. So we'll move on from that. the It Takes One campaign to stand against sexual and physical assault in live music. Yet the music industry, at least here in Sydney, um, and I'm sure in other cities too, still seems to be complacent about and continue to book certain bands that have continually displayed that kind of behaviour. And then when it does get called out, it's 
always women, queer men, and men of color doing yeah. the heavy lifting. Um, do you find that in your communities there is a resistance in the Australian music industry? I think there is. There's a lot of people that have been doing things a certain way and with that particular group of people for so long that it's like really scary or they don't really feel like the need to change. And I think they just like, what happens kind of works for them. So they want to stick with it and they don't want to like shake things up. And I, I feel like that's a big problem. But it's also just like a societal issue <laughs> where like it's not just music where this sort of stuff happens. It's like there's definitely lots of resistance to change. There's definitely lots of resistance to change with people who you don't expect it from sometimes, from, like, people that you're really close to, from people that you think, like, have demonstrated to know better, but then people know what's the right thing to do, but then the easier thing will come up, and it's easier to sometimes to be quiet and to just, like, kind of let things go on too. So, And I'm hoping that will change. Like, let's not fill up the spaces in our art community with what's easy. Let's let's try and fill it up with more meaning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> it, it really is. We could talk about it for hours and we definitely could, don't I have could. that time. And like, a, lot of, a lot of it, I don't know what other people are thinking. You know, this is just speculation for me. I know how we think and feel. And I know that people, like a lot of people that we're close to and how they think and feel. But then, you know, you kind of venture out and, you know, the music scene is such a big, diverse place and, Everyone kind of thinks and acts differently, so it's hard to kind of know. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, yeah, we do often kind of live in these bubbles. And, yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Um, I'm interested to know, uh, recently the um, documentary Her Found Her Story screened in Sydney, and it has screened in Melbourne I think a couple of times now. Yeah. Um, Have you had a chance to see it? Oh, yeah, I went to the premiere in Melbourne. It was funny because I'm not originally from Melbourne. I'm from Sydney, and maybe it was at Acme, the cinema, there, um, and I didn't know how much of a big deal it was going to be, so I wore track pants and, and blundstones, and I looked really ratty, and we went to the premiere, and they called everyone up on stage, and I said, got up really loudly, and I was like, I'm in track pants, and I'm like, no, everyone's looking so beautiful. But, yeah, I did get to catch it. I, I caught it at the premiere, and it was incredible i cried oh my gosh yeah yeah (laughs) me too me too um actually you mentioned that yeah you grew up in sydney you used to play in sydney bands like palmer grass um yeah where where did your decision to move to melbourne come from and when did it kind of come it was it was just it was just just on a whim like i just it was like one of those things where I felt like I was doing like rounds in Sydney and like in Sydney sort of like playing the same spaces all the time. I'd grown up there and then an opportunity came to kind of move to Melbourne and it wasn't really an intention to go and play more music. I was kind of like giving up on making music. It was more of like a career move from my other job and then just so I happened to like fall in love with the music community there but yeah, it was just one of those things. It's, I like to move around, and it's, you've got to like get out of your hometown every so often. So, yeah. Do you think that Camp Cope would have found the success it has if you'd formed in Sydney? <laughs> um, it's a very, it's a very Melbourne band. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a, that's an interesting question. I don't know if there's something extremely special about the Melbourne music scene that Sydney doesn't have and Sydney does have its own sort of thing going on but I don't know if it, if it would have worked for Camp Coat 
so I don't, I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, you are playing the concert hall of the Opera House tonight, and for a Sydney hometown girl, that's very, very exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm from Blacktown as well, so uh, it's like... I'm, like, waiting for them to realise that I'm from Blacktown and be like, actually, you need to leave. You know what? Get out of here. No, Blacktown's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. I believe it. <laughs> um, how are you feeling hours before playing uh, Australia's most iconic venue? It's coming It's coming in waves. Like, we uh, got off a flight from LA yesterday, so we're still... Nothing really feels real at the moment oh yeah (laughs) we're kind of like floating around a bit lost and a little bit like it's a very powerful room and it's like you kind of expect it maybe to walk into a room like the concert hall and for it to be intimidating but it's kind of the opposite there's like this weird kind of powerful I don't know energy that makes you feel like you can do it more than you can't which sounds really silly but yeah, it's more empowering than scary, that room. There's something about it. Yeah, it's it's very epic, but it, I can imagine yeah. it would feel empowering too. Um, you've actually spoken before about how last time you played the Opera House, you were given a recommendation for a booking agent. Is that true? Oh, yeah. It was around maybe around the time that other two shows had sold out. And then one of our friends who work in the music industry was like... Uh, hey, I know a booking agent, if you guys, I think you should work with them. And then, uh, yeah, I went to Tomo and said, hey, so-and-so wants you to have a meeting with this person. And Tomo was like, why? Because I'm not doing a good enough job? Is that why? Why would I pay someone to do a job that I'm doing fine at? Literally. Yeah. Do you feel like that comes from some sort of inherent fear of women being both, like, independent and successful? Yeah, I think it is both. It's like, you know... uh, a self-managed band isn't, like, very common. Um, a self-managed band of all women isn't particularly common after that. And then also just, like, I don't know, women not wanting to, like, give up power to men as well. So it's kind of, there's a bit of, there's a few layers. It's like being an in- independent band in this music scene is pretty, like, it's not super common. So, And then you've got lots of layers on top of why someone would feel the need to say that after that. Totally. But speaking of the show tonight, uh, is yeah. there anything that you can give away that fans can expect? Are you keeping everything under wraps? Um, we're going to open with a little cover <laughs> of a song that most people would know. So, yeah, I think opening with a cover is going to be a hint. And then we've also got um, that we're doing another special cover as well in there too that means a lot to us. So we've got two kind of little special songs that kind of differ from our albums that we've released, which I'm excited for. Huge. That's so exciting. I absolutely can't wait. And finally, what's on the horizon for Camp Cope post this show? Gosh, we're going to... We just got back from tour. Obviously, we were away overseas. So we've got three weeks off in beautiful Melbourne winter before we head to our UK and Europe again for a month. And and beyond that, we don't like to think much. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Do you have any plans? Baby steps, baby steps. We've got some plans, but I'm not thinking about them. No, totally. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything that you're really excited to do in terms of relaxing in these next three weeks? Oh, you know what I love? Like, I love getting my nails done 
And I, I've been getting them done on tour, but you know when you've got, like, that one particular place? I think it's the same with, like, hair salons for people. You know, I'm, like, excited to go to, like, my place. Yes, it's and, so like, comforting. It's, yeah, it is, yeah. And, like, that place is, like, a high point shopping centre. And, like, <laughs> I need high point. I'm, like, I want to go get in a spy ball. I want to get my nails done. And I want to go to, like, the arcade. That's, like, what I miss. <laughs> Kelly, yeah. thank you so, so much for having no, me. Thank you. Tag. All the best for tonight's show as well. I'll see you there. Oh, yeah, cool. Come say hi. Yeah, definitely.
was Camp Cope with Sagan, Indiana, and you've tuned in to Agenda on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. You've just heard Tanya's interview with Camp Cope from earlier this week, and in there you also heard their track, The Opener. Uh, and we're joined now by Violet Curtin, uh, Claudia Platza, and Henry Jackson from YMO Collective, uh, which is an event-based platform for Sydney's emerging creative talent, um, inclusive of art in all its forms. And they're celebrating their first birthday tonight at YMO Fest. So thanks for coming in on Agenda this morning. Thanks for having us. Can you give us a little bit of a background on yourselves, first of all? Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, we're all, we all met at art school, I guess, so we're at COFA. At COFA, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm studying SPI, which is Sculpture, Performance and Installation, and then also Graphic Design. Yeah, I um, study design, majoring in Graphic and Textile Design, and also like to do painting on the side. So. And I'm like a painter slash also SBI student. So how did you come together to start YMO? Uh, It happened at uni. Me and Violet had had a class the year before and then reconnected in another one and just kind of got talking about how we wanted to start making something and, yeah, creating a bit of a community through YMO and then had our first event a year ago. It's only been getting bigger now, which is fun. So Mm -hmm. exciting. Um, Is there anyone else involved in the collective? Yes. Yeah, so there's five of us. So there's us three and then we've also got Joel who's kind of like the project manager and is like amazing on like installation day and then Sam who's the music man. Yeah. Um, and what what does Weimar Collective do and what forms does it take? Like what are your events kind of incorporate? So we try to focus on um, live artwork and live music. It's kind of bridging the gap between music and art and showcasing art in all its forms and giving people an insight into the process behind the artwork. which Yeah, and we also try to make it more accessible for like the greater public by hosting pubs or like even a warehouse space instead of a gallery space because the gallery space can be quite sterile and restricting to a lot of other people in the community. Totally. Well, um, aptly, YMO stands for yours, mine and ours. Um, can you tell us about how the name is kind of related to the collective and its ethos? Yeah, I guess it's sort of just like all about community for us. Um, So yeah, we're all about like supporting up and coming artists and also like the spaces that we choose to host events in, um, like local pubs and stuff kind of just like add back to that community. We also raise money for the Newtown Neighbourhood Centre, which is a great charity that gives back to the community um, and promotes the arts. Yeah, and we also, every time we have an event, the artists come and help set up and people get really involved and it does make it them feel like they're a huge part of the process of the event. Like Claudia, for example, was an artist that we got for one of our events and she's just stuck on. Joel was an artist for one of the Sam events. Sam as well. Sam was in one of the bands. Yeah. It's just so like people that we like working with. Yeah. yeah. What was your first event? Uh, we had it at Batch Brewery in Marrickville. It was very DIY and... Learned yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of mishaps and mistakes on the day, but... Really exciting. It was um we had three live painters there and yeah. three bands. It was we actually um started off showing a lot of like short films as well and doing a lot of video work which was kind of moved away from a little bit. Mm, um, moved more into installation artwork mm. as yeah. it evolves but And bands as well? Yeah, yeah, I mean we've always had music but it's this event in particular is exciting because we have the largest lineup of bands that we've had. Who's on the lineup? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's Jack, Violet, Dominic Breen, Georgia Mulligan, who's doing a solo set, um, Cakewalk and Board Shorts as the final one. 
Yeah. Huge. So, so good. Um, I mean, you've been doing work in the collective for about a year now. Do you feel like the collective has evolved from what you initially kind of set out to do in any way? Mm, I don't I don't really think so. I think <coughs> it's like it's gotten like more established and we've gotten better at doing like what we do. But I think we've still got the same intentions behind yeah. it. Our core values have remained the same. Like yeah. we've always had like a pretty big emphasis on emerging artists and giving people their own platform. We've gotten a little bit more into like collaborations as well. So we did a collaboration with Cult Club a few weeks ago just up the road at Tommy J's Barber in Red Sun, which was really cool. Really um, fun. Yeah, so like we're we're changing like the format a little bit, but I think it's pretty much yeah. Do you have a bucket list artist that you'd love to showcase through <laughs> YMO? Uh, I think bucket list is the not the right terminology. <laughs> <for us. laughs> <laughs> it's mainly just who we come across at uni and like friends that we make because we want to we want to make like an inclusive environment for all and build each other up instead of like picking and choosing people we do do that to some extent but it's mainly just like yeah we definitely do poach people if we see their artwork and love it but it is really exciting and refreshing to see artwork and like approach them then so yeah I mean like I'd be pretty keen to show like Sean Kelly is a great artist who's at Kofa um good friend as well Sabda Souza does amazing video art I think she's involved in FBI um and in terms of bands, like Sunscreen would be great. The boys, the boys would be really yeah. keen to get on as oh, well. The boys are great. Yeah. Yeah. Also the helper, who's like the director of Underbelly Arts. Oh, no way. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're She's so amazing. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to take a track from Georgia Mulligan now. This one's called The Dark. We actually played the track a little bit early in the oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play it again. <laughs> Do you guys have a track that you want to request? Yeah. We actually have um, Violet's just put out her single called Woman. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. Really nice. Oh, cool. And so she's playing tonight at 7.45. Oh, and we have also released the address just for tonight. So oh, it's yeah. not a secret location anymore. It's oh, 76 cool. Chapel Street in Marrickville. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. And is it is it free to get along to? Or? It's $10 on the door. So yeah. that goes towards Newtown Neighbourhood Centre. And, yeah. and also like covering the artist costs. Yeah, of yeah. course. And it's BYO. Ah, BYO. great. Yeah. Love a good BYO. <laughs> also, we've event. got beers from Yulee's for yeah. the start of the night, so get in quick. <laughs> <laughs> and what time does it all kick off? 6 p.m. Awesome. Yeah. Huge. We're, we're just getting a track up. I'm sorry, I might not be able to find Violets, but I do have board shots. Yeah, we're playing. Yeah. Um, let's take Day and Age right now. You're listening to Addenda on FBI Radio. Push you out my car and onto the 
to Agenda on FBI Radio. We've been chatting to YMO Collective. We just got a text in that said, what was the name of the artist organisation, YMO? Uh, and we've been joined by Violet, Claudia and Henry, uh, who are celebrating the YMO first birthday tonight at YMO Fest, uh, which is at Chapel Street in Marrickville, uh, with six local musicians playing um, and a lot of live art, ceramics, installation and embroidery. Uh, so definitely get along to that from 6pm. Tickets are $10 on the door for that event as well, and profits will be donated to Newtown Neighbourhood Centre, which is an awesome, awesome organisation. We're going to leave you with a track from Violet right now. Stick around for Weekend Lunch with Ted Dwyer up next. This is Woman on FA Radio.
betrayer, a liar, and a witch. And if I speak to you like you did to me, you'd probably call me a bitch. I open the door to the devil. Apparently, I kiss his face and knock someone. Jim.